Where, oh where, did the Enneagram come from? Did a witch draw it on the floor with virgin's blood? Did desert monks have a mystical revelation after hours of prayer in the blistering sun? Or did some wicked smart psychologists just merge a bunch of parallel theories? Well, on this Enneagram version of Two Truths and a Lie, I'll tell you what no one else seems to be talking about for some reason. And that's the true origins of the Enneagram. There are three names you'll hear over and over again when it comes to the origins of the Enneagram. George Gurdjieff, Oscar Ichazo, and Claudio Naranjo. Now, George gets the credit for introducing the shape of the Enneagram in 1916. But old George was a bit of an interesting character. I don't want to call him shady, but he never explained where he learned about the Enneagram, and that gave him sort of a bad reputation as someone who always had some secret knowledge to sell you. And George grew up near the border of what is now Armenia and Georgia. Should be easy to remember, George from Georgia. And that's a really important clue to the true origins of the Enneagram. But more on that later. After George came Oscar in the 1950s. Oscar was a brilliant dude who really built the nine Enneagram personality types into what they are today. He called them ego fixations because he felt that our personality is basically just a reflection of what our ego can't stop thinking about. Now, after Oscar came Claudio in the 1970s. Claudio actually started off as a student of Oscar's, but Claudio took his training as a psychologist and used it to expand the Enneagram to a whole nother level. And that's the beautiful thing about the Enneagram. It's a complex system that has defined rules and categories, but it remains incredibly open to absorbing new science, new methods, or new information from a wide array of scientific or spiritual sources. So many other personality assessments die off over time because they're too rigid or based on outdated information. But the Enneagram keeps integrating ancient truth with modern breakthroughs. But anyway, that's the holy trinity of Enneagram founders as they're known today. Claudio, Oscar, old crafty George. But I want to add one more name to the list that few others seem to be talking about. Evagrius Ponticus, or EP for short. EP lived around 350 AD and was one of those desert monks I kind of mentioned at the start of the episode. He lived in a hermitage in northwest Egypt and wrote some pretty profound stuff that made him famous in Eastern Orthodox Christian circles, which is probably why you've never heard of him. EP was heavily influenced by two dudes a theologian named Origen, and a philosopher named Pythagoras. You've probably never heard of Origen unless you're a seminary nerd like me, but you definitely know Pythagoras thanks to your high school geometry class. Origen was famously persecuted for saying that we shouldn't read scripture literally. Wild idea, I know. He taught that it was actually better to read things metaphorically or allegorically so we could expand the meaning of the text to a broader truth. Think about like comparing a newspaper to a poem. And EP really agreed with this. And he also agreed with the teachings of Pythagoras, who believed that numbers actually have a spiritual meaning. He thought it wasn't just math, it's the blueprint to all creation. So E.P. took a metaphorical reading of scripture from Origen and a belief in numerology from Pythagoras and started creating this weird system of eight virtues that were tied to eight vices and said that all people identified with one primary virtue and one primary vice. Now, this was based on a very metaphorical interpretation of Matthew 12, 43 through 45, which you should go check out after this episode and see if you can kind of see where he was going with it. EP also took the number 153 from the book of John when Jesus miraculously helps the disciples catch 153 fish. Super specific number. He used the number 153 to start drawing up a combination of geometric figures. 
And I know this stuff may sound crazy, but there's so much mathematical support behind what he did that it actually blows my mind. And ultimately, he used the numbers 1, 5, 3 to come up with a shape that contained a circle, a square, and a triangle. So we had eight vices and virtues loosely connected to this geometric figure that was a combination of three shapes. And I think anyone who can see the Enneagram shape in their head right now can see where I'm going with this. Now, all of that was an unfinished, disconnected theory when he died around 400 AD. Doesn't seem like much, right? But it's interesting. Eight conditions of the soul and a combination of three geometric shapes from one of the most brilliant spiritual influencers of his day. Sounds a little Enneagram-ish, doesn't it? But I hear you, it's a stretch to think that some unfinished work in 400 AD made it all the way to George from Georgia in the 1900s. Except for the fact that E.P.'s last name, Ponticus, comes from his hometown in the kingdom of Pontus, which is the area shared by modern-day Armenia and Georgia. So old George grew up in the region where E.P. was celebrated not only as a hometown hero, but as a venerated saint of the Eastern Orthodox Church. It would have been impossible for George to not know the details of E.P.'s work, especially given the fact that he trained to be a Russian Orthodox priest before he hit the road seeking fame and fortune throughout Western Europe. So there you have it. One big-ass clue as to where the Enneagram originated. And I know some scholars consider this to be a sketchy connection at best, but I think George is a sketchy guy at best, so what the hell? Why not make some educated assumptions since the only other option is a total mystery? But that's just my take. Hopefully I've at least piqued your interest and somewhat diminished any fear you might have that the Enneagram has demonic roots. And yes, many people think that. If you're looking for some more scholarly information about the origins of the Enneagram, then I recommend reading anything by Rizzo and Hudson. Richard Rohr also has a great book on the Enneagram, which is where I've found a lot of this historical information. Well, there's my best answer to the question, where did the Enneagram come from? I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please like, share, and subscribe. As always, I'm your host, Colton Simmons, and I'll see you next time here on You've Got a Type.